everyone, and welcome to Concert Pipeline. I'm Steve Jones. Uh, today on the program, we have the Happy Fits. Uh, this is the second band that we're featuring that uh, is playing Bottle Rock here at the end of May, May 27th to 29th. Um, and this is a great one. I'm really excited about this, uh, this band and uh, their, what they're going to bring to Bottle Rock. Um, I'll get into that in just a, a few minutes. Before I do, um, I want to share a little bit about what's going on in my world. Uh, I've talked in recent weeks about uh, my move to Vacaville, how I'm uh, leaving Napa, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, fortunately, fortunately, positive thing, right? I bought my first house, uh, which is exciting, but le leaving the place that I call home for the past eight years. Um, I mean, I've never lived anywhere longer than two years, and um, and this is quite a venture from, from that, right? So, um, Starting over about 45 minutes away from where I currently live, which it's not the other side of the world, it's not out of state, uh, it's not even to Sacramento, but um, it's going to be kind of in between anywhere, right? It's closer to a lot of places that I go duck hunting, which is pretty cool because that means I don't have to wake up as early uh, and deal with as long of a drive. It's a lot of that's a lot more manageable when we get to duck hunting season later in the year, but um, it's going to be a big change. Uh, the move is coming along really well. Uh, um, about 80% of the way into uh, the house. I mean, we're fully in the house. The kids and I stayed there over the weekend and uh, and we did a lot of fun things. I mean, I got them on their bikes. They they were riding bikes a lot this weekend. My daughter has this great bike that is that costs twice as much as my bike that I uh, used for a couple of triathlons and, uh, and the century ride that I just finished. Um, she, her bike is you know, super sweet, but she hasn't used it a lot. Uh, but this past weekend she did. Uh, we, uh, my kids actually rode their bikes to their, uh, prospective new schools. Uh, my daughter's being about a mile away even, and I jogged with my dog behind me, uh, behind them uh, to keep up with them and get him out. I'll tell you, tell you, I was a little nervous about jogging with the dog because he's, he just turned 10. He's old. He's a Husky shepherd and he's had a couple of medical issues recently. So I wasn't too sure about how that would turn out. Uh, he did fine. He did all right for the two mile round trip uh, run, but I was uh, I was keeping an eye on him and not going too fast. I'll say say that. Um, and so we we spent a couple nights. My son and I both slept on separate air mattresses uh, since my bed is not there uh, and his bed is there, but his mattress is not. So uh, we slept on air mattresses and that worked out uh, fine. Um, we got to, got to stay in the new house and got to uh, pull it together a little bit. Um, my TV isn't there because it's still here at the uh, Napa house. So my buddy Joe lent me his uh, TV that I had actually given him uh, before. So I'm good at sharing. We're good sharers, uh, uh, Joe and I. So, um, so we got to have that uh, hooked it up to the Apple TV and was able to chill uh, throughout the weekend. Um, and so that's, that's really fun. The moving truck, my second moving truck is coming on Friday. I'm going to pick it up and, uh, and bring it over and start loading what I can into it. And then my kids, mom and stepdad are going to help me uh, finish packing everything else into the, the truck on Saturday. Every, this is an everything much go situation. I think even the, the junk that needs to go to the dump is going to go and we'll drop it at the dump uh, outside of the move. Um, and yeah, should be, should be all right. Um, so that's kind of the status of the, the move, but I'm, pr I'm pretty excited about my kids biking and my daughter also, whose school, as I said, is a mile away. She's going to have to be biking to school a lot. And we did it. And even with me jogging behind and everything, it was 10 minutes on the long side to her new school. Uh, so there's a couple of streets that she has to cross that, uh, that we have to work up to. Uh, she wanted to go on her own, um, uh, to the school, but I'm not fully there yet to to let her there and she respected that which is good um but i did let her go to my son's school uh, on her own which is uh, a little bit closer so actually a lot of bit closer like four times as close uh so um uh, so that's about what we did over the weekend the move finishing up i'll update in the next episode uh where we're at with that but um again on to the happy fits and bottle rock so let's talk about uh bottle rock as a a whole again. Um, 
well, we shared this last week, but but I'll go back through it one more time. Uh, we're going to share the uh, the Bottle Rock lineup. Um, here it is. Friday, May 27th, headlined by Metallica and Kygo. I will be at Metallica if you're looking for me. Uh, it has been a couple of years since I've seen them. I think the last time I saw Metallica live was at the Bridge School Benefit concert at Shoreline Amphitheater, where they did this kick-ass acoustic set. Um, and even played songs that were definitely not made to be acoustic uh, and rocked and not acoustic. It was pretty cool. They had to start one over, which for a band like Metallica is, you don't see that often, right? So uh, so they are playing on Friday. Um, uh, who else is playing Friday? Fantastic Negrito, going to be cool. Um, Atlas Genius uh, are uh, good times as well. Madam Gandhi, uh, who was on the, the program um, a week or two ago, uh, a couple of the artists that are playing Friday, Saturday, 21 Pilots and the Black Crows. I think I'm going to have to divide the performances and see a little bit of Black Crows and then finish off the night with 21 Pilots. That's my plan. Uh, but I'll also be seeing Silver Sun pickups, um, you know, might check out the Snoop Dogg Ice Cube joint Mount Westmore, uh, and, you know, if I have uh, time to get over there then. Um, and who else? Uh, Moon Alice has been on the program a couple of times in years past. And then Sunday, Pink. Uh, that's where I will be on Sunday uh, with a couple of friends who are uh, coming to town, but also checking out Bleachers um, and Michael Franti uh, and Spearhead uh, and um, a couple of the other artists that are that are playing. So reminds me, I need to check in on Elijah and the Delusionals. They've been on the program, but we might interview them again. Um, lots of great content coming around Bottle Rock. Uh, Bottle Rock did announce this week the uh, culinary stage uh, lineup, which uh, is actually somewhat similar to their, uh, their headliner uh, lineup, which Pink, 21 Pilots, Luke Combs, uh, they, do, they have a, a lot of their headliners that are doing the, uh, the culinary stage, which uh, is, is pretty cool, I guess. Uh, it's going to be pretty, um, pretty hopping. I'll tell you the one uh, name that stands out there on the culinary stage, Tiffany Thiessen. Uh, I didn't know she was a chef. Uh, I went to her website and saw that she does some cooking. And uh, for those that aren't familiar with Tiffany Thiessen, uh, formerly Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She was Kelly Kapowski on um, uh, Back to the Future. What? No, I, I just totally love that on uh, it's, it's not Back to the Future. It's Zach Morris and, uh, uh, oh my gosh, the fact that I have to look this up. Saved by the Bell, I didn't look it up. I did not look it up. Saved by the Bell. Uh, I got confused because uh, um, Mark Paul Gossler's podcast is Zach to the Future, uh, in which they do, did a retrospective of a number of episodes, um, you know, going through the episode and talking about it. And he doesn't remember most all of them. Um, of recording that show, which is pretty interesting. So, um, so this is the culinary stage lineup where they uh, partner uh, a lot of musicians or athletes or celebrities with uh, top chefs uh, that are out there. So um, it's what it's uh, this cool stage in the middle of the Bottle Rock Festival. That's uh, that I always check out and see uh, see what's cooking, so to speak. Right. Um, that's the exciting stuff around Bottle Rock. Um, so that's, you know, looking forward to that. Um, again, happy fits are on the program today. I had a chance to, uh, talk to, um, all three members of the happy fits, uh, which is Luke Davis, uh, Ross, uh, Monteith and Calvin Langman. Um, they were on the final date of their current tour, um, up in Quebec, I believe. Yes. Uh, when I chatted with them and we had a really great conversation. Um, and not to spoil the interview, but I did tell them that, you know, that I'm really looking forward to their performance. They're one of those, one of the bands that, uh, um, you know, that I got, was able to discover through Bottle Rock and, um, and really uh, jive with. I mean, taking a, a rock band and putting a cello at the front of the rock band, which is something I don't know if I've seen before necessarily in that, in that format, especially for 20 somethings uh, to, to be doing that. It's going to be a good performance, so I'm looking forward to checking out their set. So, uh, without further ado, let's bring in the Happy Fits. Hi, hey, hey. So sorry we were running late. We just were loading into our venue. Um, uh, yeah, so sorry about that. 
Hey, no worries. Where are you guys right now? Montreal. Montreal. It's the last Montreal. show. Day 78. <laughs> yes, you had quite the tour, right? Like, tell me, tell me, how has the tour been going? It's been incredible. Yeah. Uh, the first month we were headlining and we were touring with a band that we're now back on the road with, Sarah and the Sundays. And that was insane. Really, really fun shows. And then we ended up actually doing direct support for the main. Um, and so that was for like a month and a half. And then now we're back on the road with Sarah and the Sundays wrapping up with them and we're headlining again. And it's been really, really great. I like it. Tell me about uh, touring with the main. What, uh, how is that tour what, specifically? Um, I mean, that was awesome. We definitely learned a lot from them and just like seeing how they operate with like their crew and everything. And just like how professional it is on like that next kind of jump to this, like we were playing, like, um, we, when we headlined, we would play like, like 300 to 500 cap rooms. They were playing like 1,500 cap rooms every night. And it was just like playing the larger crowds than we've ever played on a tour for. And, um, yeah, it was just really really inspiring to see how hard they've worked because they've been a band for like 15 years so they make all their own uh like production like their stage stuff like they hand uh craft and everything and it's like i don't know it's just really cool they very treated impressive. us very well and yeah they're all the super shows nice. were awesome their fans are are great and uh yeah it was it was it was it was a lot of fun for sure so uh, touring with a band that's been around for uh, for that long, like are there some things from the, their touring style or their routines that you guys are taking into your your headline shows? You're like, okay, we're gonna kind of steal that a little bit. Definitely yeah. for our next tour, uh, like just taking in a lot of what they do because they have a full crew as well. So they had a packed bus of twelve people total, including the band. So like bringing a lighting guy, uh, they have like you know, their guitar tech, drum tech, all this stuff. So it's basically like, we just saw what it's like, I guess, to be like what the next level is like playing those like house of blue rooms and everything. And so definitely a lot of that we took uh, to heart, like talking to them and like all of their like ideas and how they go um, about their career. And so we really like took that in and yeah, we're definitely moving forward with some of those like ideas uh, for sure. I like it. I like it. Uh, so I want to go back to the start at the beginning a little bit. Um, Calvin, I know you started with cl classical uh, piano around the age of six, right? Yes. Yeah. And then I yeah. moved to cello at age eight. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, so what, was that your choice or did your parents influence the cello? Um, yeah, it was my choice. My brother and my sister, uh, well, my sister plays piano and then my brother played violin and piano. So I chose cello so that we could play like chamber music together. So that was like my first like experience playing like collaborative music. And um, as I got older, I just, I found myself listening to rock music more and more and then eventually writing it. And it was our senior year of high school. We finally got together and I started showing Ross all these things that I wrote and he started showing me things he wrote. And uh, the summer before going off to college is when we recorded our first EP, Awfully Appealing. And that's kind of what took off the first week of college when we were off at separate uh, universities. And uh, I just remember it blowing up on Spotify and calling Ross and being like, hey, should we like leave school maybe? <laughs> and yeah, we dropped out. Yeah, and you were, you were worried about, you know, being judged for liking rock at first, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was like frowned upon for by some like really pretentious people. And like, it was weird growing up in that environment. And now that I'm free from that, I see how ridiculous it was. Yeah. And when you when you dropped out, tell me about that conversation telling your parents, because I know that was a crunchy time. Yeah, for you. Um, I think I flew back for a show that we did in Columbus, Scully's. Yeah. And it was, it was April. So it was like, basically the school year was almost done. I think I just had like finals left in May. And um, I remember I flew back just for the weekend, had dinner at my parents' house. And like, I told them, I was like, I'm going to drop out of school. My dad like completely laughed in my face. And like, I, I just like, was like, all right, well, I guess I got to prove him wrong now. So yeah, I definitely uh, used that to fuel, um, <laughs> fuel, this dream that's been going for six years now yeah and Ross you dropped out as as well is that right at this kind of yeah 
Yeah, so all, all three of us ended up dropping out. He was just a year ahead of us. Um, so mm -hmm. he had been at college for a year and a half. I had only spent one semester at college at University of Delaware. And um, yeah, it was funny because it was the complete opposite situation that Calvin had to deal with. My parents were like the ones that kind of told me to drop out and just like go for it. And like if if I was willing to do it, then they were like, they're like, yeah, like, you know, it saves us money if you're not going to be at college right now. They're like, college is always there. Like, if you if you need to go back, you know, you can. But like, you're young, you're getting like this like little little spark from Spotify. Like, just like go for it. So, as soon as my dad said that, I flunked all my classes until the end of the semester, and then I dropped out. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was it was much easier for for me to make that decision to just to leave and go for it you know yeah 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 i guess i got their support so <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, were, were your parents musical at all um my parents weren't no i mean they grew me up on a lot of great music but they never like played any instruments my dad tried guitar for a little while in his life but never stuck to it um but yeah he, he grew me up on a lot of so like my favorite bands to this day um very like new wave 90s kind of british scene music is like what I grew up on when I was younger. And um, yeah, I, I always liked my dad's taste in music and my mom as well, but she's a little more pop and, you know, <laughs> but we both share, like my mom, for some reason, like her favorite band of all time now is Glass Animals and I love them too. So I'm just like, all right, well. <laughs> I love how you preface it for some reason. I know, it's just like, usually- a, like I a, guess if you met parent. his mother, you just wouldn't expect yeah. her to love Glass Animals. No, no. Yeah. Did, did she see them at a show with you guys or something or? Yeah, actually, that was a really special moment because um, we we played a music festival called Firefly in Delaware. Yeah. And I had been going there in high school with my friends. So it was really special first off to actually get the chance to play the festival that I'd been going to for years. And then um, Glass Animals were right before the headliner. Um, and my mom came to us to the festival um, and they gave us access to go like up on the rafters of the stage, um, which was like an artist only section. So we got to watch them from on top of the stage. And yeah, it was it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. And in terms of your your musical taste and kind of upbringing, you know, I, I did see a couple of videos of you playing guitar, uh, Dave Matthews, Chris Isaac. Oh when you were younger, you're like, those weren't supposed to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing that you found those. Yeah, I used to make videos of like little covers and stuff for my family back in Scotland because my entire family lives over there. Um, so they always wanted to like see my progress because my mom always like talked about how I was starting to sing and play and like write music with him. So I would make like these little cover videos, but yeah, I loved Dave Matthews band growing up. Um, I don't really listen to much of them anymore, but there was a phase where I was like, uh, I was very into them. And then the other guy is Ben Howard. Um, he yeah. influenced a lot of my kind of acoustic style guitar playing. Um, and I guess vocally as well, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was a big fan of him as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge Dave Matthews fan, but I have a friend who's really, uh, I mean, it's the only band she likes. And so uh, we're going to go see him later this year, I think. So nice. Um, it's very, I mean, they're they're very talented and they're great musicians. He's, he's just a very goofy man. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a long time for that type of music. I don't know, three hour. He does three hour. He's one of those that does like three hour yeah. shows, and you have to really be into it, and you know, high or whatever. You, you know, need a, <laughs> you need a seat if you're gonna go see him because it's like, yeah, I I saw him at uh in New Jersey, and it, he played for three hours, and luckily we had seats, so we weren't standing. Yeah. that's a good point too. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Luke, for you, it was, it was drum, drums at twelve, so late to the game, huh? Yeah, um, I definitely, yeah, I drew a lot before then. And then I was like, I'm going to draw for my rest of my life. And then I ended up playing like rock band and I really loved playing drums on that. And so from there, I auditioned for percussion and I didn't know how to read. And then they're like, do you know how to play drums? And I was like, I think so. And I played yeah, 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 or maps by the yeah, yeah, yeahs. And they're like, how did you know how to play that? I was like, well, I could play it on expert on rock band. 
So it kind of translated over. Um, and then from there, yeah, I just trained uh, or like I studied classical percussion um, up until senior year of high school. And then I went to college for uh, music emphasis, which is like a business and performance degree. And then on my third semester, the guys asked me if I could play on the EP and I did. And here we are six years later. Yeah. And, and in high school, I know you did, the, you know, all the high school classes and the learning and everything. Did you, were you in any high school bands as well? Um, yeah, I had my like own band for a tiny, tiny bit. We didn't release anything, but we did battle the bands. We were called Moon Baby. I did not come up with the name, but uh, yeah, it was fun. We just did like, I think two originals and we did like Arctic Monkeys cover and uh, yeah, we did some other stuff. So it was pretty fun. Yeah. And you joined Happy Fits as, just as like session work, right? Like at first you weren't fully in the band. Yeah. At first it was just session work and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then Ross hit me up on like us getting on fresh finds. And then from there kind of like was like, all right, hopefully we get along. Uh, and yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, so t let's start with uh, Awfully Appealing. Tell me about that EP, how you guys, uh, you know, came about that and, uh, and the dynamic as you went into the studio to make it. Oh, we honestly just wanted to make something to show our, our friends and family before going off to college. Like, I don't know if you've seen the original EP cover or anything. I don't think so. Yeah, I made it on MS Paint. And it, it looks yes. Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we, we really, you know, this was like a pipe dream. We didn't know how to make it happen or, you know, if, if we were good at it. Um, so we had these four songs. I think we had maybe like seven songs or eight yeah, songs in total. And we then, could only afford to record four. Yeah. We didn't have any money. So yeah, we, we found this guy, Matt Moralikis, uh, who used to be in this band, Born Cages. And now he's like engineer on like Jacob Collier's stuff and the Linda Lindas yeah, in he's LA. Doing, he's doing awesome so now, now he's doing really good for himself. Um, but yeah, at the time it was kind of great because he gave us this like really big really, discount. Really generous yeah, discount. At his really, really nice studio yeah. in Jersey. It used, uh, it's not around anymore. It's called The Den. And um, yeah, we had three days, I think it was. Yeah, three days to do four songs. And two um, and a half days, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he like, he did such a good job of like, he was just engineering us really. Like he was like, I'm just gonna let these guys do whatever they want and I'm gonna push record and set up the microphones correctly. And um, yeah, we're really thankful that he did that because uh, people seem to really resonate with how raw and violent femzy the EP is. Yeah, yeah, it, and so it was pretty natural for you guys. Uh, I mean, the dynamic between you, you three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like Luke came over to Ross's house like once, I think, right? For yeah, like I practiced hour. for like an hour and a half with Ross, and then I went in there, the studio. I met Calvin. I think I was there for like two and a half hours, something like that. Yeah, and then I just recorded the two songs, and that was it. Was yeah. like, All right, yeah. bye, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, I remember you were sweating bullets because you just kept running takes. And like, I didn't know that it took that many takes to get something until I it was like my turn to start playing cello. But like, yeah, like Too Late is not a slow song at all. Yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, I just remember trying to figure out like the hardest part for Too Late was just how many datas am I doing? Yeah. And where are they in the song? Um, and it was the middle of summer, and they had to turn off the AC every time we wanted to do it. Yeah, so I was just oh, good time. What a mess! <laughs> um, so, 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 Calvin, tell me about this dynamic. As you obviously your musical tastes are you know ch changed into rock, and you kind of were able to identify that. But where did the idea for having a cello, you know, along with lead vocals, kind of uh, come in? Because that's that's really unique. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh, found these two guys, two cellos in like 2008. They yeah. released Welcome to the Jungle cover on YouTube. And like, it was so awesome. And I was like, whoa, these guys are like really like shredding into the cello. And like, I was never very good at playing very subtly. I was either just like, you know, aggressively loud and fast or just like too quiet and you couldn't even hear what I was playing. 
Um, so I, I preferred playing fast and loud. And when I saw that this, I was like, this is awesome. Let me see if I could play it. So like, I would try and like just watch their videos and see if I could learn their parts. And I found out it's actually pretty simple um, compared to a lot of classical stuff because the cello is already tuned in power chords. Um, so from there, like I was just, I basically just had to play the root notes and then play the string above. And um, I never learned how to play bass or anything. But when, you know, Ross and I started getting together, we started with folk covers, like uh, like Andrew Bird and Milton Carton Kids. Um, and that was like a good way to ease the cello in. And then eventually it's like, I think it was like too late. I just was like trying to play like this rock line inspired by Alabama Shakes. And eventually I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna like get heavier and heavier until he tells me to stop. <laughs> yeah. And have you done a festival yet where you staged dove with the cello? Is that, have you gotten that point? Oh, where I've done what? Oh, stage dove, not with the cello on me. But, he, but he has taken one place. day I will figure out how. I definitely, a goal of mine is to be the first person to play cello while on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can make that happen for sure. Yeah, I need to get um, back with Rammstein first. <laughs> Um, so, so tell me about uh, Concentrate, you know, what did you take away from um, your first EP that you were able to uh, bring into the, the, the full length? So during Concentrate, that was like a big step for us because it was going to be our first album. Um, and so trying to find someone to record that album was like, okay, how do we even approach this? We have all these songs. And so we actually, uh, through a PR company, they uh, were like, hey, have you recorded your album yet? We were like, no. I go, great, right across the hall is this guy, Ayad Alatami, um, and he owns this studio called Diamond City. And he used to be in Passion Pit. And he was the synth player in Passion Pit. And we were like, whoa. So we were really, yeah, we were really quite struck. We're like, let's do this. And we ended up recording for, I'd say recording for a month. And then there was like, another month and a half of editing and, you know, doing an, uh, one take here or there just to make sure the album was good. But through that process of being with Ayad, we got really close with him and he actually ended up becoming our manager. So he's our manager to this day as well. And he has also recorded our other two out, like he's recorded what could be better. And then also our album coming out um, this year. And so, yeah, that was a big, big uh, moment for us was meeting him and making that connection because it's opened up so many more opportunities. Yeah. It, yeah. And like he said, it was the first time we worked with like a real producer where we brought in, like we had like 15 demos or 15 songs that we recorded live in the studio just to show him what the music was. And then he kind of took each song apart and then like, you know, like helped us like rearrange parts and change parts. And then, um you know uh eventually kind of figured out the songs that would make sense together in a record um and yeah it was a it was a completely different experience than than the ep but it was also a great experience to help us with like our songwriting and our structure for the future so that we kind of like had a sound you know because like the ep was just like us going in there and playing whatever we could i didn't even own any guitar pedals so it was like um going moving forward to uh concentrate like we got to pick out tones like it's our tones or like cello sounds and like make it kind of more cohesive and um yeah it was it was very cool and and that's the way we've done it um with every record that we do it's like we work with ad as our producer um and he also has big influence on on how the record turns out and like how the songs are structured so. and and how close did you see the you know re, the final result to what you go in with like i mean do you is it is it changed completely yeah, yeah. it's on the songs uh yeah. for sure but like something like sorry cool whatever which is currently like our most listened to song um that was like a six minute long song yeah. it like literally was cut in half and the chorus was at the end of the song in the demo um at the end of like it was like five minutes into the song so that was like a big butting of heads because we didn't really work with anyone in a collaborative way like that besides ourselves where we were like 
you're really, you know, this is like drastically changing the song. We don't know how we feel about this. Um, and then it ended up being the biggest song on the album. So yeah, it was like, okay, have a little faith in an uh, outside opinion mm-hmm. um, on the music but and, uh, so, to an extent. So sure. sometimes the, the songs uh, stay exactly the same. The last time that happened was uh our song hold me down off of what could be better like he just like sent us the demo that song and if you put it side by side obviously it's not it's not like mixed and master or it's not like mastered and stuff and Mm -hmm. and mixed like professionally but the structure is exactly the same yeah i think she wants me was like that yeah moving to yeah yeah i think yeah just after concentrate like i learned a lot about like just songwriting from ad and and arranging so i was able to just kind of you know take that into the second album and third album it was a lot less painful of a process in many <laughs> yeah. ways than the first album yeah i think the first album we definitely went into it just like well at least i did just like you know it's my art like it's the way i say it is is the way it's supposed to be and like you know without really taking into consideration that it could be a collaborative process also, I think the mentality of going from the EP where Matt was just like, do your own thing, like whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah, and I think, yeah. There's Ayad like a, and him are polar opposites in the way of how they work. Yeah, so. yeah. definitely. And, yeah, and, and you talk about the art. I mean, I want to I want to talk to you guys about your videos because, I mean, that's such a big part of, of who you are. Uh, I mean, it feels, you know, kind of okay go-ish to it in, in yeah. a sense, right? Like, I mean, yeah. just like, Thank you. They're, they're not the same you know the videos are not the same they have different styles they 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 partner with the song so well and and each one kind of tells a story but it's fun and light and uh and then there's dance the dancing which we have to talk about so i mean i know i just threw a lot lot out but i want because i want to talk about a, a lot of it but let's start with uh the videos as a whole what um where did the idea start to have a video for each song on the album that was yeah I, I did that started as a joke um because we were during it was during covid and we were like we had already yeah made a few videos and then or we were like just, every single song feels like it could be a single like we were like <laughs> we just well we have to pick one <laughs> yeah so we were just like uh we, like our managers joked and they were just like what if you just like did a video for every song and we were like absolutely not and then we found ourselves just happening to do videos for every single song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, each each one, like, I don't know. So like sometimes it was it was our ideas. Sometimes it was the producers' ideas, like or like the videographers and stuff. Or the animator. Like, or the animator. The, an, the animation ones were completely yeah. entirely them. Like we we were just like, here's some money. And then they just like put the videos in our lap and we we're like, these are awesome. So yeah. It's really fun working with a lot of different people to get like their their ideas flowing and, and, and stuff as well. Um, yeah. And a lot of the videos, um, like no instructions and uh, the garden and uh, sailing, those are all done by the same guy. So that was very like kind of our idea, but very improvised on the spot as well so obviously like sailing and the garden were like just a classic vhs vibe we don't you know we're just gonna go and see if we can get some cool shots um and then you know we had a little more idea of no instructions uh go dumb was us that was mainly calvin doing all that directing uh uh, same with changes um our most recent uh music video and then for you know the animated ones those are two different animators um alexis and felicia and then uh for the last two get a job and what could be better was this guy raw who uh we know through yad and he's super talented and he really took the reins on those video ideas it was kind of like we want to play pickleball and then through that he created this whole crazy story um and so it's like he said it's really cool to work with different um creators because they're just such different approaches um and then the dancing was joe lee uh for she wants me so that was fun that was like we want a dancing music video and then they're like let's take the reins on that we're gonna do it in our house uh, our three-story like 
Yeah, I came to them with this like treatment that was like, okay, we're gonna have to rent out a studio. There's gonna be a beach scene, and then there's gonna be like a a nice like uh, restaurant scene and everything. And then they're like, all right, but we could maybe pare it down a little and just like do it all in our three story apartment. And uh, yeah, I I love that she wants me video. It's, it's I love it too. I, I, that's a that's a really great one. It's like it's, like it's all in one shot. It feels like right. And, uh, yeah, I mean it. It connects so well to uh, together. It's you know, it's like yeah. one of those movies like Birdman or something. You know, or, yeah. uh, I literally it, wrote it in like the Go Dumb treatment. I had just seen 1917, and I remember. Yeah, yeah. Being like, yeah, I I just love one shot, and I uh yeah, still to this day, I I think one shot videos are just the best. Like that Kendrick Lamar video that he just released. Mind blown, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, so did you guys have any dancing background or did you have to learn the moves? No, um, no. Yeah, we had a, actually a choreographer come in like twice. His name was Tommy Sutter. Tommy Sutter. And he was great. Uh, so chill. The only thing yeah, that wasn't, awesome. and it wasn't him at all, but we had to do it in our studio, like where we record. And our managers like refused to put the curtain down from the mixing room. <laughs> So they're just watching us dance, yeah. and I'm like, I want to die because yeah. I'm already nervous enough dancing in front of, like, even the guys. And so then there's like just a group of people behind us through a glass wall, like just staring at us. And I'm like, this is the worst. But it was really great because it gave us a lot of practice, and Tommy was incredible with his choreography and everything. And then the crew at the shoot was so nice and lovely, and just really sweet that. It, like we felt comfortable and it was actually a pretty painless uh shoot compared yeah. to ones that we've done before where it was like I think total for the whole thing we did like 20 takes or something like not it wasn't crazy mm -hmm. um so it was really really great when we were like we're done and then yeah. they're like yeah came together and he just like they really uh Luke says crew, but it was really just the people living in the apartment. But they like, work like they yeah, built they like a lot of the props, and then they were also just there to like support like, in any way. It's like a house full of six very artistic people. Yeah, good to have around then, right? So yeah, that's yeah. great. And and do you bring any of that into your your live show? I haven't had a chance to see you live yet. I'm thinking myself. No, I know you were just here here know. in the bay. But. Ross and Cal jump around a lot. Yeah, um, Calvin somehow is able to jump three feet in the air with the giant cello on him but and, we, we can't do the dance though um yeah, yeah i am sitting so it would be a little hard but uh <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be a little hard yeah i mean we would probably one day when we have a bigger production that'd be really cool to get <laughs> Just put stuff like that involved like, like um, uh, or something. well yeah. more of like other people dance <laughs> i don't know i'm already scared enough to play music live so having a dancing live too would probably be quite terrifying <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and so you guys were just here in the Bay Area um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, did you ha ha have time to do anything in Sacramento or San Francisco, like outside of Soundcheck and everything? Um, the problem was, is that we had like a week off for LA. Um, and so a lot of what, and it wasn't really a week off for us. We had to shoot another music video. We had a photo shoot. Um, we had our troubadour show which was like the longest show we've ever played it was all of our songs on yeah. spotify so that was great but when we got back from that it was like tough because uh the main came back and it was instantly like anaheim then you're hitting like san diego then san francisco like or it was like the other way around but it was like very back into the motion of like every day you're here you're running all over the place and then next like literally that night you got to start driving to the next location um per venue yeah we had a 12-hour drive after sacramento so we couldn't really spend time out at night or after the show or anything but i mean i we've been there we've been to like san fran plenty of times before we've gone to pier oh, is pier 31 is that the yeah 39 pier 39 39 and i love that area that whole oh, yeah area we got to see all the sea lions um never made it over to alcatraz but we that whole like boardwalk with all the restaurants and stuff is so much fun and yeah there was one time we tried to attempt to go see this um the the bridge um the golden gate bridge 
Yeah. Yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge. And I put in directions and I was driving around and we somehow ended up underneath the bridge. And uh-huh, we, yeah. never, we never found how how to get to like the viewing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's tough. it's tough you get you can't really park easily around there it's it, it's yeah. tough i mean yeah, yeah I mean, it said like the the google directions were saying it was taking me to a viewing dock but it was a viewing dock of like underneath the bridge we were just like, right under it and we're like this isn't it was also i think like foggy that day too it was very foggy oh so uh, yeah we didn't really see the, we saw like the beginning of the bridge we we're like well maybe we'll be back soon <laughs> 80% of the days in San Francisco are foggy. So you got to, you know, once in a while you get lucky and there's a sunny day and you're, you know, you get lucky. I took the kids to Alcatraz last year, actually, um, which was, which was pretty cool. They, they enjoyed it. So That's awesome. Yeah. We've seen it in passing, like driving over the bridge and stuff or whichever bridge, not the Golden Gate Bridge, but the Bay Bridge. Yeah. 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 So in, it in passing, but one day we'll have a day off. Will we? Yeah. One day. Uh, and so your your next show is Bottle Rock, right? Yes, yeah, in two weeks. And, We're super excited for that. Yeah, so that's here in uh, in Napa. Here, I'll, I'll even give you. Um, that's Napa. Yes, yes, you'll be here very soon. So how hot is it right there right now? Uh, oh, right now it's pretty chilly. It's overcast and uh, oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah, um, but it's I know. I was expecting it to be warmer, but um, but you know it's a little chilly right now. But hopefully it warms up for for Bottle Rock. Um, are you? I mean, are, are there any natural air conditioning too? That's pretty nice when you're <laughs> playing. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, are, are there any bands at Bottle Rock that you're looking forward to uh, seeing while you're here? Metallica, a hundred million percent. <laughs> yes. I mean, Twenty One Pilots for sure. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a huge festival for sure. So there's a lot of big names um even you know like just seeing as many of these bands as possible it's so cool being in a festival um you get such a special experience as an artist um it's really like an amazing thing and getting this people that you probably would never see otherwise and see how they perform and how they do it is really cool so um definitely metallica but 21 pilots is going to be great um is miley cyrus on that day no, she she's not playing this year. She played last year. Okay, it was last yeah. year. So, yeah. Oh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. That'll be cool yeah, yeah. We're, we're... Bahamas. That was one of the bands we first like connected over. That we so sick to be. I'm just pulling it up on my phone. Yeah. It's like be sure. Yeah, uh, Rob Artist and the Truth. I actually met him at Sea Here Now last year when we were playing. Um, we both played that festival. Ron Artist is a really great guy, and his like shredding capabilities are out of this world yeah yeah um yeah metallica will be cool um are you guys going to stay for the whole weekend all three days uh we're going to be there saturday and sunday um i don't think or wait no No, friday saturday Saturday, Saturday. i think we fly home on the sunday yeah yeah it's i mean it's such a great festival and i'll tell you like i grew up in napa and then got out for a while you know went to school and everything and um and there was nothing like this here, you know, uh, growing up, there wasn't even small places to see small shows. So when you have some of the biggest bands in the world playing, you know, in your backyard, I mean, I'm going to be biking to the festival, like I'm three miles away, you know, and I'm I'm not that close. It's yeah, it's really cool for sure. So yeah, um, it's going to be a great festival, but I'll tell you, I'm I'm looking forward to your guys' set because it's like every year, I feel like there's, um, and I'm not just blowing smoke either, because I, every year I feel like there's like one band that I'm like, oh, you discover, and you're like, oh, that band is, is awesome. You know, I really dig them. That, that's been you guys so far for me. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Yeah, really into the, the music and your vibe and, and, you know, and how you guys have built your, yourselves and, you know, and taking that big jump from, you know, from dropping out of school and, and investing yourself into uh, into your music and doing this unique thing as well and uh, and not quitting that's I mean it's I'm sure it's been challenging a couple of years as you're getting started you know yeah, yeah. this little yeah. thing that happened in 2020 and everything but yeah uh, <laughs> for sure <laughs> that means a lot thank you so much yeah, thank yeah. You. Appreciate that. yeah. Um, one other thing you have to check out at Bottle Rock um, is the culinary stage um, have you heard about that no, no, but you had me at culinary. 
so so it's this cool thing where they partner bands with uh with professional chefs uh like i mean i mean they haven't announced the the lineup or anything yet but um but they uh they'll get i mean like snoop dogg and martha stewart will you know will cook it with something you know together or something i mean snoop made the largest gin and juice in in one of guinness world history for it you know uh they they break world records sometimes it's a lot of fun um you know as well so does the audience get to try the food and stuff they yeah they, i mean they bring some uh, a little bit out i mean there, sometimes there's pretty big crowds so it's not like everybody's getting yeah. some or something but they'll they'll either you know hand some out or throw some some out you know as well and uh and they do that throughout the festival so it's and right. and sometimes people are uh, people who aren't even playing festival or like um uh like uh, athletes you know local athletes will be there steph curry's you know i think on um yeah so i can't it's a yeah exactly so um yeah i think that's all i got for you guys but i mean i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you at um at bottle rock and oh yeah um, hope you can meet in person that'd be, that'd be yeah. really great yeah yeah. Um, well, all right. Well, thanks. En enjoy your show uh, tonight. And uh, do, do you have any plans for, for, for the week off, a couple weeks off, or are you just oh, taking right. it easy? Really yeah. high please, please, please. <laughs> Fam quality family time. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Relax finally. So, oh, one other question. Um, as uh, kind of growing up in Jersey, um, there, I, I haven't really uh, been to Jersey, but uh but the couple things i know about it are cake boss and you know all of kevin smith stuff any, are you into any of that kevin smith is great yeah uh, kevin smith is yeah awesome. cake yeah. boss is also pretty cool for yeah i've actually stuff. never had it is cake boss. it is cake. overpriced though it is overpriced it's like their store is there's always a line and it's always like twice as much as you would pay for any type of normal slice of cake but but you know he's earned it he's uh, <laughs> he's earned it <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Cake maker. Favorite Kevin Smith movie? Clerks. Yes. Good. Good answer. Good answer. I'm gonna say that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Clerks. You I haven't should... seen it yet. You should see it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hold on. That's Kevin James. Oh, I'm thinking <laughs> of Kevin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> He, Kevin Smith jokes actually in his uh in his like some of his talks sometimes about be, you know being mistaken for Kevin James. So you're not the you're not the first guys. So I was yeah. just like, wait, there's a there's a Kevin, right? He knows <laughs> and he and he wouldn't be embarrassed if, uh, to hear that. So he busts his own balls about that. So um yeah. All right, well guys, I'll, I'll let you guys go. But uh yeah, um I'll see you guys at Bottle Rock then and yeah. um yeah, have a safe uh, couple of weeks, okay? Thanks right. so much. Real, real, real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. Tusk. Yeah. Tusk is a fantastic yes. movie. It's Under, the movie yeah. I've ever watched, but there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a, I used to be a big Kevin Smith fan, I'll say, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it's, some some go off the rails a little bit, but um, you yeah. know, Chasing Amy, I've, I've interviewed him before, and he actually invited me down to LA for an early, like a screening of Clerks Tube, you know, like a year oh, before it came out. No way. So, so yeah, I, I was I knew him back through his message board like years ago when the message boards are things. So <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like a real nice guy. But yeah, we can't yeah. wait to see you at Bottle Rock. Yeah, yeah see thanks you. so Thank much you for the so interview. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. All right, well, I'll see you guys there then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Have a good right, later. That was the interview with the Happy Fits here on Concert Pipeline, and that takes us to the final segment on the program, the music news. <laughs> A couple of stories to wind out the program, um, starting with one about the gorillas. Uh, so gorillas, I've never seen them live. And, uh, and it's one of those bands that's always kind of intrigued me because all of their shit is animated. Uh, so I kind of felt like their live show was animated as, as well. I think they have animation behind the live show and but they actually do have a band they're physically playing. But I was like, how, are, how do they even bring that to the live setting? Because everything they do is behind these uh, animated characters, right? Uh, well, they've announced details of a North American tour in September and October. Uh, 
the gigs will be led by Damon uh, Albernard, uh, by his uh, group group's first U.S. and Canadian live date since 2018, and it extends their ongoing world tour, which is currently in South America. Um, it's a 14-piece live band who will be aided and abetted by a varying cast of guest performers. And there's 21 arena shows in the U.S. and Canada, kicking off in Vancouver in se September. So um, tickets uh, will go on sale on Friday, May 20th. Uh, and uh, tour dates include a date at the Chase Center in San Francisco on September 21st. So that is the local date. Um, get your tickets if you want to see the Gorillas live. Um, it'd be cool to see them live, but I don't know that they're a band that I would see live unless they're playing a festival that I'm going to matter or what have you. So um, let's talk about Oasis, shall we? Uh, Liam Gallagher says he hasn't seen his brother Noel in about 10 years. Uh, though the pair formed a production company together last year for the release of the Oasis uh, Ken Webworth uh, 1996 documentary. Uh, so uh, the Britpop icon split up in 2009, and despite countless rumors of the band's imminent reunion, the Gallagher brothers are still not on speaking terms. Wow, they are putting that uh, out there, aren't they? Uh, in an interview with Esquire, Liam revealed, the last time I saw Noel was at a football match about 10 years ago. It's a shame, isn't it? Uh, the good times outweigh the bad times, he added. I think it's best to just leave it at that. Um, of the process, prospect of an Oasis reunion, Liam added, I like to think Oasis will get back together, but not this week. Uh, the door is ajar on everything. I wouldn't be surprised if space aliens landed tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if they were here already. I wouldn't be surprised if God walks among us. I wouldn't be surprised by all sorts. Okay, so he's saying the likelihood of Oasis getting back together and uh, uh, is, uh, is up there with those items I just mentioned. Not likely, huh? Yeah, they, uh, they had a big old following out. But they, like I said, last year, they registered a joint film production company for the release of Oasis Kennebrew 1996, uh, which went on to become the highest grossing documentary of 2021. Uh, and Liam said about the production company in an interview, he didn't speak to Noel through the setting up of the production company, just being involved. So in his own words, Noel couldn't do something ridiculous with the project. Uh, and um, of the film's working title, Liam told NME, I can't remember the name, but he wanted to call the film something fucking ridiculous. I just went, fuck that. It should just be called Oasis Kenneth Worth 1996. Simple. He was calling it, oh, the one with the fucking golden ticket, Operation Fucking Gold. <laughs> Obviously, he owns the key when it comes to uh, the songs and that, uh, but the image of it, I think I play an important part of that. So, um, yeah, all right. So that is the uh, that is the biggest, latest, greatest news on Oasis. Don't hold your breath for a reunion tour anytime soon, but there's always a price, right? There's always a price to the, and, uh, and it happens and it's the biggest thing in the world when it does. And then they go their own separate ways again for the next decade or so. And until it's like, hey, these guys haven't talked in a decade, and uh, and then uh, the you know the demand gets high enough to the, the where the price point is lucrative to them, and they do it right. I, I think it'll happen eventually, but um, it's a matter of when. There, there. It feels like they're one of the only bands that is truly held out though on the on reunion deals. Um, all right, so soft sell, you know, soft sell from Tainted Love, Tainted Love, doo -doo -doo, right? Yeah, that was horrible, uh, soft sell. Uh, they're gonna perform their debut album in full for the first North American tour in 20 years. Uh, and their, their debut album was Nonstop Erotic Cabaret. Uh, and uh, they returned last week with Happiness Not Included, their first new album in two decades. Uh, the Sith pop duo comprised of Mark Almond and Dave Ball had recently reunited for their first album since 2002's Cruelty Without Beauty. There was a short run of UK dates uh, and Soft Cell is now headed to North America later this year uh, for that tour. Um, the, the dates are in August. There's really only six of them right now. So if you want to see Soft Cell and you're in the Bay Area, guess what? You're in luck. August 26th, San Francisco, the Masonic is where you have to be to be able to see soft cell. Um, that's the jam on soft cell. That's all about all I got there. Uh, okay, Stranger Things is coming back. It's back again. 
And it's this thing that's like, hey, I should cancel Netflix, right? I, you know, I don't really watch much on Netflix. There's not a lot of great content. I've seen everything that I want to see. Uh, I should cancel it. And then you get to that point of almost canceling it. And then Stranger Things fucking comes back, right? The program that really catapulted Netflix into superstardom and to be able to, you know, maintain their platform for, for many years, right? Well, they've announced a, a two-part season four soundtrack uh, which co-aligns uh, co with the dropping of the uh, the season of um, Stranger Things, which is split into two parts, right? So fourth season has two volumes. The first is comes out on May 27th, um, first day of Bottle Rock, I'll, I'll let you know, uh, and the second on July 1st, 2022. I might need to watch an episode of Stranger Things before I head out to Bottle Rock. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, and there's nine episodes in total. Um, doesn't say which one has four episodes and which one has five, you know, uh, gotta be on the edge of your seat. But the soundtrack uh, is also released in two parts, each shared on the same release day. CD and cassette editions will follow on September 9th this year before vinyl editions arrive later in the year. And the first song uh, off the uh, soundtrack is a, a Journey cover. Um, it's uh, uh, Separate Ways, Worlds Apart by Bryce Miller and Alloy Tracks. It's a remix of Journey's, uh, Journey's song, and that's available to stream. Um, and the soundtrack promises to feature key music uh, covering various cl classic eras and styles as featured in Stranger Things 4. Okay, so different eras in Stranger Things 4. Is that a hint? Is that a hint at something? We're, we're moving forward in time with uh, uh, Stranger Things 4. Interesting. Okay, uh, my last story of the podcast is about Pearl Jam. They were recently here in Oakland, and this is actually a local story, something that happened at their, uh, their Oakland show. Well, uh, Matt Cameron, Pearl Jam's drummer, uh, tested positive for COVID-19. And before you jump to conclusions, you're like, oh, fuck, Pearl Jam had to cancel their show, right? They had to cancel their show at, uh, at Oakland. All those people had tickets, and they came in and flew from so many different locations, and all the Pearl Jammies were uh, you know, so disappointed by the cancellation of their show. Well, the show must go on, Pearl Jam says. Um, and, but it is the first time in 24 years that the stick man has missed a show, which is saying a lot. Um, so uh, he pulled out of the show um, and uh, as a result, touring member and former Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist, Josh, uh, Klinghopper stepped in on drumming duties for a series of tracks, including Neil Young's Rockin' in the Free World, Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town, Why Go, and Corduroy. Uh, longtime band collaborator Richard Stuvard also got behind the drums for Quick Escape and Superblood Wolf Moon uh, before a fan stepped up for the show's finale, Yellow Leadbetter. Uh, and there's footage of that online as well, which uh, is... Uh, is pretty awesome. I mean, they just let a, let a fan come up and do some drumming. Way to go, Pearl Jam. Um, and that comes just days after the band honored Foo Fighters late drummer Taylor Hawkins during their LA concert at the Forum by provided, performing 2005 song, Cold Day in the Sun, in which uh, Taylor Hawkins was historically um, uh, uh, vocals on that. Um, and Cameron took on singing duties. Cameron and Hawkins had previously worked together in the band Nighttime Boogie, uh, Boogie Association, releasing two songs together. Uh, and so they were close friends with uh, the Foo Fighters and grew up in that same sort of genre, of course. So there's a lot of intermingling between Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters, but Foo Fighters is the greatest band, I will tell you. So, um, all right. So that is our uh, show for today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We have more great shows uh, right around the corner. Uh, with, uh, let, let me tease a little bit of it. Uh, who do we got? We have um, Elder Island, I think. Uh, oh no, Data Rock will be next week, pretty sure. Um, I had a chance to interview Frederick from Data Rock. We had a great long chat. Uh, so he's going to be on next week. And then the week after that, I think we have uh, the new lead singer of Smash Mouth uh, going to be on the program, uh, which is uh, pretty cool. You heard that right, Smash Mouth going to be on concert pipeline you heard it here so uh all right lots of great content more from bottle rock lots of great content from bottle rock as we get to the end of the month as well 
of course, and uh, that's all, all coming up. So uh, for all of us here at Concert Pipeline, I'm Steve Jones. I'll catch you next time.